from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, August 30th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, on the ones and twos, our illustrious brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. In Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody. And just on the road, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Recording from your home today, which is not... The office you've had at the church, which is right. now moving to your awesome new office. Yes. Very Next time, time we record, I think you'll see me there. I think that oh, it'll really? be from the new office. We move on Tuesday, right wow. after Labor Day. Very exciting times. Uh, Tuesday here in Florida, we will be without power sitting through a hurricane. The whole state? Oh, without the hurricane. I was like, did they tell you that? It's headed like right for you guys right now. Are you not leaving, Cameron? You're the bullseye. Yeah, no. Why would we leave? Go where? To Georgia? No, thanks. We're good. Hey, Georgia's great. I grew up What's this hurricane, this particular hurricane's name? Doria or Dorian or something like that? I think Dorian, yeah. Dorian. Dorian. That one interesting one. Yeah, see like when when the the hurricane's name is something like Carol or hurricane like Susan or hurricane like Rick, they don't really strike much fear in my heart. Dorian. Right. Dorian, Dorian sounds like a stalker or something very terrifying. I would I would heed no, the warning. I totally disagree. I feel like Dorian wears gloves. Like wears gloves casually what? at parties. Hey, Are you serious? Annie, you know He's who like also a, wears gloves? Assassins. People that challenge <laughs> people that challenge you to Yeah, people who challenge gloves? you to a duel by slowly removing one of the gloves finger by yeah, yeah, finger. Yeah, that's who I feel you. like Dorian is. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to tango with Dorian. He slaps people across the no face way. with gloves. I mean If sure. you're watching a horror movie and a little kid shows up named Dorian, you're like, that kid's gonna kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm certainly not downplaying the hurricane. I just think that name doesn't it doesn't invoke tear, uh, fear. It makes me feel like I'm going to hear a harpsichord play in the background. <laughs> so you're in your mind, Dorian is like maybe a butler for yeah, yeah, old timey. Yeah. Dorian's like, like 1890s. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like a for Downton sure. Abbey situation. Yes, 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 yes. Like your precisely. strategy and how to prepare for a hurricane is determined based on the scariness of the name of said hurricane. If it sounds like a weak hurricane, Bring that's, it on. Yeah, that's right. why. But like, I wouldn't tango. I wouldn't tango with a hurricane named Hank because or anyone Titus. named Hank yeah. is tough. Like, guys named Hank have been in like bar scuffles and things like that. Stay away yeah. from Hurricane Hanks, you know? Her and Hurricane <laughs> Titus. Yeah, hurricane, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hank is a, tr- Hank's a troublemaker. Yeah. 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 Hank yeah. was no. Hank was born into trouble with that name. If you're a Hank, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. You're Hank's always the bully. He's always the guy that you know. He got kicked off the football team. That's Hank. You know, tango with Hank. Right. You know, right. there's isn't there a study like a, wasn't it statistically proven that people are more likely to to flee uh, hurricanes with male names than female names, regardless of the rating that they get. I think <gasps> I've seen oh, this. Wow. Really? I think I've seen this, but I, I'm doing the thing where I, I don't like to do, or it's like, I think I read somewhere, but I think I could find it. I'll, I'll come back. Return to me shortly. I'll see okay. if I can find yeah. it. <laughs> 
So, so this is real talk, though. Uh, Florida hurricanes, yeah, whatever. I mean, we uh, it just they, rains they, a lot. They happened. They happened. We're we're inland here in Central Florida. You know, maybe some trees will go down, take out power for a day or two, but it's it's no big deal. We're okay. Don't worry about us. We're fine. The coastal cities are the ones that get pounded. We're 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 uh, sure. inland. We're okay. Um, You'll just get a lot, a lot of rain and no electricity, and you just have to like have your snacks ready. Yeah. Well, so my old neighborhood where I lived. When hurricanes would come, parts of the city would lose power. I never once lost power. I just sat there and watched Netflix all night. And it was because the neighborhood I was in had buried power lines. And so, like, there was nothing to knock out, you know? So we were fine. Of course. Why didn't everybody in Florida bury their power lines? Exactly. And so the neighborhood I'm in now, though, is an older neighborhood. and, And sure enough, there's power lines and big old trees. And I'm expecting that we'll lose power, at least for part of it. But so here's the real, real talk. Monday, normally we record Tuesday's episode on Monday. Monday's Labor Day. So we're not recording. We're going to record on Tuesday morning. <gasps> Tuesday morning. Unless... Tuesday morning is when Central Florida is getting hit with a hurricane. So there might not be a podcast on Tuesday, everybody. Oh, but for there's sure there's going to be a podcast. You're just not going to be on it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Time with me and Andy and Jesse. Oh, it's yeah. We're going to really talk about it's the It's going to be unedited and raw. And I'm not even sure that our vocal tracks will be on the same channel. This might yeah, be yeah, one yeah. of those things where we each of us three independently upload vocal tracks to iTunes and just let the listeners figure it out. It's like, <laughs> it's like that Flamey Lips album that came out time. like 15 yeah. years ago. Oh, where, yeah, yeah. where like each that's instrument good. was on a different CD and he had to play it in the, like different speakers. It's going to be like that. It's going to be very complicated okay. and very high minded because I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do spend my weekend trying to learn uh, pro tools or whatever. I, I yeah, don't think no, that no, would come no. together. It's a very holiday successful. weekend for us. We don't really care. <laughs> yeah. So best of luck to oh, whatever man. comes out on Tuesday. If anything comes out on Tuesday, that's what I'm saying for real. We've been, I mean, I can't think other than we used to skip the week of Christmas, you know, right before the year end, extravaganza. Yeah. We used to skip the week of Christmas, but I cannot think of the last time we missed an episode, but we yeah. might on Tuesday. So yeah. who knows? We'll I'm see. telling you, I've got this. I've got this. <laughs> leave it, leave it to me. <laughs> and you know what? Depending on if we're all killed, we may never have another episode again. Oh my again. gosh. Oh, this I could hate when last, you do that. This could this be the could last be it. podcast. <laughs> this is one of those carpe diem moments. Like, you know, leave it all on the table. That's this right. is the last podcast the best one. we ever did. No holds barred. No regrets at the yeah. end of this podcast. Yeah. Wow. Right. I'm glad yeah. you said that because I've got I've, I've, I got some things. I got to, I've, I've, yeah. I got a few things to get off my chest. I, yeah. I don't I don't want to. I'm not going to bring them out now, but I'm going to drop them at 10 minute intervals throughout this podcast. So just be ready. Wow. Know what? They're going to be context free. The thought that I just said <laughs> did not occur to me until it came out of my mouth that this might there is uh-huh. a sliver of a chance that this is the last podcast we ever do because we all die. Okay, Stop. or at least the Orlando staff. This is the worst. But yeah, here's the deal. I don't like this. Going great. Yeah, here's I don't the deal. like this. Here's the deal. If this was planned to be the final episode of the Rome podcast, this is the guest I would book today. I oh, would book we our guest today. I like that. Who is it? Bob Goff is joining oh, us later sure. on the oh, show yeah. today. Oh, yeah. Bob Goff. One, I mean, literally one of my... Live, live every podcast like it's your last. That's why I will be shouting things that I've wanted to say for years today. You'll people. probably sing Ancient of Days a few times just to make the Twitter people I will, happy. I will never stop. <laughs> I've seen the feedback and I never plan on stopping. So <laughs> <laughs> The only negative feedback that we have gotten about the fact that you keep coming back to singing Ancient of Days 
is from Eddie Koffeltz. That's the only person. The only one that's negative is jealous that he didn't come up with a bit. And I apologize for nothing. (laughs) I double down and I will continue to double down. I'm not going to break into it. But when, not if, when the moment presents itself, I will be singing. Isn't it more love that you do, not Ancient of Days? I do both. I do both. I do any song that it's just the men and just the ladies. More love. (laughs) 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 See, it works every time. It works every single time. That's why I won't stop. And I hope Eddie hears this, and I hope he's mad that he's like, darn it, he's doing it again. That should have been my bet. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, uh, stay stay tuned for our conversation with Bob Goff. Uh, It's a lot of fun. He has... He's he's doing a lot of stuff to help people chase their dreams. We talk about that. And then we went no holds barred and I let Twitter interview him. Oh wow. And oh. so like oh, right wow. before I went on with Bob, I said, Hey, if you could ask Bob Goff anything, what would it be? I never do that. I just wanted to see what people would say. And some really good questions came back. And so I just lobbed them to him. He had, yeah. we had fun with it. So All stay right. tuned for that. They couldn't call him themselves. Just take the take out their phones and dial <laughs> and they up. can. If there's any if there's any author you can call, it's Bob right. Goff. That Are is these cameras you go between. That is absolutely true. Does <laughs> he always does he answer and return calls though? Constantly. Yeah. Yes. He answers constantly. I've, we I've were, told I've told this. Like literally, I've been in the White House with him and he answers his phone. And I'm like pulling on the side, like, Bob, tell me for real. There's the there's the love does public phone, and then there's the Friends and family phone, right? Yeah. You got two phones in your pocket. No. He has nope. one phone, one, one phone number. You want to call Bob Goff? It's in the book. It's on his website. You can just call Bob Goff. Go for it. Do your own podcast. Who cares? Don't even listen. <laughs> like I mean, apparently we're, we're going away. Yeah. <laughs> we might need you to actually record we one and upload you, yeah, it come Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It is amazing. I mean, what do y'all think about that phone number thing? Have we talked about this before? What? That he just puts his phone number in the book and he answers yeah. all the time. It's just amazing to me. It's unreal. It, and it he is the master of the two minute phone call. Like yes, I, 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 you feel heard, you feel connected, and you and he gets off the phone and you didn't even know what happened and you're just happy to have had that moment with him. He is the master of connection and not prolonging it. I mean, he's like on to the next. It's yeah. great. Yeah, he's really good. It is amazing. He make and he makes everyone feel heard and cared for, and yeah, it's, I want, it's amazing. I want it, it. I want him to be on like a one on one man to man showedown with him and like a tele like a, the best telemarketer. That's like <laughs> because those people are trained to keep you on, you know, and trained to get through their little script. He's trained to get off. And the thing is, both of them, the telemarketer and Bob, are very cordial. They're not going to be yep. rude to each no. other. You know, the telemarketer is against their job to be rude. Bob, right. it's not in his nature. So I want to see I want to get the best telemarketer Next time I get I get calls from telemarketers, all the, I, my, my my number ended up on a list or something somehow. I want to get of ours did. It's yeah, horrible. I want to get. I'm going to find. I'm going to answer them all. I'm going to find the best one and be like, Hey, listen, I want you to call this number. I'm going to give them Bob's and I'm going to say this is going to be that this is the matchup of a lifetime right now. <laughs> and I want to see what Bob's strategy is. I need. I'm going to need the telemarketer to record the conversation, upload it for Tuesday's podcast because we got to see how they how these guys. You know, it's it's like two prize fighters in the ring just going at it, just blocking every blow. I can't wait to see it, guys. You download the show on Tuesday because that's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, moving the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it's the hot list. The song is Sea of Victory, their new single from their new five-song EP, At Midnight, which released today. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Jacob Ogawa with You and I. Okay, it's time for... It's the hottest, the hottest. It's sizzling. You should do a fall version of that. Sizzling makes me think of summer grills and hot and Oh, yeah. Can we do something that's like kind a, of bonfire like a, like a, Chandler? Like a tea yeah, kettle. It's, yeah. it's crackling. crackling. Oh, it's yeah. crackling. That's it's crackling. it. Yeah. All right. Well, and, and the vibe thing. is like Yacht Rocky outdoor kind of chilling on the boat type of thing. Now we're talking hot, but it's going to be hot apple cider and yeah. hot latte. Yeah, it's piping like hot. Carol it's just like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, Chandler, I need you to, to sound like Steve. No, no, somehow. no. More Can like you do that? Bon Iver. More like Bon Iver, uh, like fall. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking yeah. like a 2005 Bon Iver, okay. like a little bit of guitar. Okay. A little yeah. bit of, like like youth pastor at around the campfire Got vibes. It. No, okay. no, no. T- no, don't, don't do 2005. Do 2011 Bon Iver. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. That's yeah. the hit. That yeah. feel. Yeah, yeah. I can the, make wow. you love me. Just like that, right? Just like that. Nailed it. Nailed, it. It. Nailed it. Chandler, it. you know what? You can just do your job. We'll do our job. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> all the men and all the bony bears. <laughs> all the bony bears. <laughs> all right. Uh, coming in at number five this week on the hot list, uh, Chad and Julia Veach, pastors of uh, Zoe Church out in L.A., uh, they told Courtney Kardashian how to share her faith with her children this week. The, um, the reality Why do we TV, know this? The reality TV star recently hosted the Zoe Church founders on her new YouTube series called The Poosh Conversations. Mm-hmm. Poosh, P-O-O-S-H. And uh, the topic that she talked to them about was how to share your faith. So she explained that growing up, she heard a lot of Bible stories in her home. She said... We grew up always hearing Bible stories. My dad already um, already read us Bible stories, and we would talk about it in the car. We would listen to Bible songs. We went to Sunday school. Not every Sunday, but a lot. So I just wonder if there's something you guys do, or that's really important to you, like routines or things that you do with your own family that could be helpful. Uh, they ended praying and having a meal together, and here's a clip of their conversation. One of my, one of my favorite scriptures about kids, though, hmm. is in Proverbs, when it says raise up a child or train up a child in the way that they should go and when they're older they won't depart from it mm. so it's like if you if you ra- train them up raise them up but think about it, you're still walking out the truths that your dad taught you mm-hmm. when you're a kid. Yeah. so it's so when they're too. impressionable because it's in there and that you put all that in there you train them like the fact that like even like tithing the fact that you girls tithe is ins- that's wild yeah but you they were you didn't get that when you were 30 
Right, we were taught it super young, yeah. So you train up kids, now it's training. Because when they're older, they're going to live by the right values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't watch the poosh conversations. Yeah, this uh, is my first. This is my first poosh. New to uh, me. Yeah, I'm new. I, <laughs> I'm new poosh. poosh. I'm new poosh. <laughs> Rookie poosh. <laughs> Rookie poosh. <laughs> Newbie to poosh. So, <laughs> so new, my question, new poosh. New poosh one, here. <laughs> my, my, my poosh question is, Chad just said, just in passing, you know, it's amazing that y'all tithe, that you girls tithe, you know? So my question is, is that something that was said on the poosh? Or is that something that Chad, the pastor, knows because he gets the check oh, and he just outed her? Mm. Oh, like he, he, keeps a, he keeps a list in, of all the, of, who, of who's tithing and who's not. I don't, and he's aware that Courtney, I'm he gonna, knows that Courtney I'm gonna 10%. Assume, I'm going to assume that's like an offline, an off poosh conversation. Because I, I watched the entire video and they did not bring up, they did not talk about yeah, but, tithing but, but, on the poosh. But I also know like in any, uh, I'd be interested uh, what your take is on this because, you know, working in like the church world, like my pastors growing up, they made it a point not to look at who tithed and who didn't like even when even when everything moved to like online or like offering envelopes like the senior pastor would never look at who's tithing and who's giving because they didn't want basically they didn't even want that like on a subconscious level to affect you know kind of their perception of people because it's not a business these aren't customers you know what i mean this is a community Annie, do you agree or disagree? I can't tell I by sure reading your face. I for sure have not thought about this enough to say an opinion on a public platform. Yeah. <laughs> so Fair enough. Yeah. Fair I am, enough. I, I, admire, I admire that humility. She's like, That's I am cool. hired by knowledgeable pastors and unknowledgeable pastors. <laughs> I'm not going to offend any of the people who want to bring speaker Annie F. Downs to your church. No, no, no. Summer. I'm not thinking one time about where I'm going because I don't, I'm not traveling this fall. I am purely saying that for the, how many, ever many people listen to this, if I say an opinion about what I think about whether senior pastors should know about money, it is an opinion I formed in the last 12 seconds and I try to keep those to myself. Well, this is the last podcast, so just yeah, wait. Not not fair, not have a I should just to go for it because this is the <laughs> yeah. one they're going to put on repeat for the rest of forever. Yeah. Live every day like it's your last. Yeah, exactly. Although this does, I do want to raise it, bring it, and, and if you watch this video, you'll you'll see this. I think it's important. This is key context. I don't know if this is true of every Poosh video. I have only watched one. But in this particular Poosh video, the Veaches and Courtney are making what appears to be guacamole together. They're cutting up avocados and, are they making and guac garlic together? and stuff. They're making guac in somebody's kitchen. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the Veaches or if it's Courtney's, but they're making guac together. And at one point, Courtney finishes chopping up some garlic. And she puts it in her hand and she says, what do I do with this? And, uh, <laughs> and Julia Beach says, well, you put it in the bowl. <laughs> and it was a very brief. It was very brief, but it, it did. It did raise a lot of questions that I have yeah. about like, well, what did you what were the other options? Like, what, yeah, was what, else mind, was like, what would you I do with a handful of garlic while making guacamole? You know, yeah, right. the, yeah. Oh, those are just that, that. We put those aside for now. Yeah, we'll come back to the garlic. <laughs> I do have very strong opinions on guacamole and tithing, so I can go there on either of those things. But. All right, coming in number four, uh, rapper Tobe Nenwegwe uh, performed an incredible Tiny Desk concert uh, this week. So faith plays a big part in the Houston rapper's music, as NPR says. Uh, Tobe's mindful words are like a life hack for those seeking guidance. Well, last year, he collaborated with our friend Propaganda and Liz Vice for a track called Fallen, which is produced by our friend Derek Miner. So the dude's kind of hooked in with our, our world of hip-hop. 
his blend of spirituality and unique rapping styles has drawn rave reviews from the likes of Jill Scott, Dave Chappelle, Erica Badu, and has more, drawn more than 350,000 fans on Instagram. Tobey uh, recently explained to Texas Monthly, uh, you have to understand, we don't get any radio play. Our biggest market is all on Instagram. We're not signed to a label. We don't have a booking agent. We, didn't, we don't have anything. We're just 100% independent. This is all in-house. And he, and he ended up on NPR doing a tiny da- tiny desk concert. Look, off the bat, I attack. Word to Bruce Wayne. I spit crack and I stay strapped. Don't need a shoestring, but don't confuse things. The good shepherd gave me a new frame. A mind so you can see that I'm different. That's where the two chains. Ooh. But I'm still the same OG. I stay low-key with more sauce than A.O. Lee. I play gold lit when blessings start to rain on me. And catch a lot of chips and guac a mole. Jesse, Jesse, you uh, you hit me up about this guy uh, after the Tiny Desk concert. You sent me this video. I don't think I've seen you this excited about a new artist we've found uh, in this year, probably. Well, Jesse hasn't been excited since an artist since Weezer. So yeah, uh, Weezer, yeah. ever but, since the ever since the Blue Album in '96, <laughs> it's been kind of a dry, you know, dry spell. No, I, I I watched the concert. I saw it being passed around, so I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And I was, I mean, like I I, I expect you know a lot of people that hear for the first time was super impressed, especially oh, it's great because I I hadn't really I hadn't heard of this guy before. And, you know, his style, which is, as you can hear, uh, you know, from the instrumentation on that on that clip is kind of jazzy. But his lyricism was awesome. Like his delivery was killer. He had like a, a unique thing going. And he also had like some really incredible background singers, too. Like it was a cool yeah, vibe. Yeah, they had a full yeah. band. It was they took over the whole room. They yeah. were behind the tiny desk. It was like the whole cubicle, it was a g- giant cubicle. Yeah. Whenever you talk to people about Tiny Desk Concert, it's always like it is a it's well named. It's a very tiny room. It's a little desk and they cram the NPR staff in there to like sit around. It sounds like it would be very awkward. And I think people have a good time there, but everything it's about it's for sure awkward. NPR, Don't you hear how they desk. clap? Every time yeah. they're clapping, you're like, "This is weird for everyone." It, it's good. Yeah. It's good video content, but I don't think yeah. it would be a fun experience to actually right. play there or watch somebody. I'd like play to stay there. in my exact role that I've had for every tiny desk concert, which is on this side of the screen. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's exactly. it, you know the most awkward thing for me with with an artist is when like we're with an artist one-on-one and they'll be like, Hey, I have some tracks from my new album. You want to hear them? I'm like, yeah, of course I want to hear them. And then they put them on and they're looking at you. Listen to the oh. music. Yeah. It's very awesome. And, and it's like, cause you don't know where to nobody, look. Nobody do I look at him? Do I look him in the worry. eye? Do I, do I look <laughs> down? Oh yeah. I'm just like meditating on it. Do I, what do you do? What do you do with your eyes? I don't know. It's awful. Don't do that. If you're an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Just send me a link. Coming in at number three this week, Netflix released a teaser for the long rumor Breaking Bad movie. It's happening. It's called El Camino, and it picks up where the series left off. Now, here's a spoiler if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, but it, it picks up where the series left off with Jesse Pinkman on the run from the law after being forced to cook meth by an outlaw biker gang. That's where it picks up. It releases on October 11th on Netflix. The, the clip shows Jesse's old friend, Skinny Pete, being questioned by authorities but refusing to help them because of what Jesse has already suffered. Here's part of the clip. I have no idea where he is. Don't know where he's headed either. North, south, west, east, Mexico, the moon. I don't have a clue. But yo, even if I did, who wouldn't tell you? Because I've been watching the news, same as everybody else. 
I seen that little cage of his they kept him in. I heard about what all they did to him to make sure he kept cooking. So sorry. I don't know what to tell you. No way I'm helping you people put Jesse Pinkman back inside a cage. I, I, okay. I'm excited for the movie and I'm excited that it's coming to Netflix so we can just fire it up one night. Like it doesn't feel like a movie that I'd like, I don't know if I'd see it in theater or not, but I want to talk about the clip for one second because it's, it's, it's a very, uh, um, uh, you know, brief teaser. There's not a lot going on, but to me, when I watch it, it sounded like a monologue someone does when they're like auditioning for a play. It's like, okay, I will be doing skinny Pete, uh, interrogated <laughs> by the FBI on the search for Jesse Pinkman. And yeah, I don't care North, South, East or West. I saw the cage. You kept him in. You think I'm going to help you find Jesse Pinkman? And scene. Do I got the part? Do I got the role? Go ahead. You should go. You should have been in there. Scene. You should have been in the room. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite bit. My favorite. Like uh, speaking of uh, uh, Bob Bob Odenkirk. Oh, uh, I know you're going to talk about. You talk about the the the, the Mr. Cross. Oh yeah. Yeah. So 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 Bob Odenkirk, who's Saul Goodman on both Better Call Saul and in Breaking Bad, uh, Jimmy McGill. uh, You know, they have a very famous him and David Cross when they were doing Mr. Show had a very famous sketch where uh, they were David Cross was portraying a guy doing like a monologue to audition for a play. And he goes up and he's like, um, <clears throat> before I get started, uh, do you mind if I just get a sip of water? I see you have a water bottle right there. And, you know, he's like talking to the little panel that's judging him. And they're like, oh, sure. Here. have it." And he's like, no, that's part of the scene. Don't react to me. He's like, All right, let me begin again. Let me begin again. He's like, but seriously, I'm going to need a sip of water. And they were just staring at him. He goes, I, I'm parched and I can't go on if I at least get one sip. If you don't give me a sip, we're not doing the scene. And I feel like, fine, just that's have really a sip. He's like, no, that's part of the scene. He's like, will you please just let me finish the scene? I've been rehearsing. And so eventually, like all Mr. Show sketches, it just keeps going and keeps going until it's absurd, where he's like, you're looking at me all smugly with your blue necktie. And, and he's describing what the people wear. And he's like, not even offering me a sip of water. And they're like, fine. Just take it. Take the water. And he's like, no, I was almost done. And scene. Okay, did I get the part? And then it's, that's my commentary. Out. He storms yeah, out. Yeah. Is like, whatever. Forget you guys. And they're like, what happened there? And then he comes back in like, and scene. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, anyway, I I have nothing to say about the about El Camino. Just that 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 all I thought about during the Skinny Pete was like, this is a monologue that people will do rehearsing for community it, plays. It felt to me like it felt to me like Disney Plus made their big announcement. They finally revealed. They opened their Twitter accounts and finally showed trailers of their big new Star. Star Wars series yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden the, that's all the internet was talking about was chicken sandwiches and the Disney plus yeah. stuff. And then it's like, you, you just felt like Netflix going, we're still here. We're still here. And they had to rush a trailer out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like that's what it was like, no, no, put out the breaking bad trailer, you know, like just to try and like <laughs> I yeah. do step know on a lot top of people of, are having big talks about leaving Netflix for Disney plus. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's a better, it's, mm. it's cheaper. 
Well, we'll and, see uh, for the this same is one price. of the things I just don't care enough about. And I need one of y'all who really cares just to come to my house and cancel whatever I don't need and buy whatever I need. To. I just don't care enough. I need one of y'all who really cares to come fix my technology. We, we've talked here and there about doing like some sort of in the magazine, like here's the streaming services you need. And it, we've, I think we've always punted on it because it's like, this feels way more like a, like a wired piece than a relic. We can't find the, it's not really breaking an intersection faith and culture, but I would like some sort somebody out there to tell me like if you're if you well, like these I'll kind of the shows part. helping annie f downs know what kind of streaming oh services she needs that's oh, this what is you terrific. can do oh yeah that's that's great content she needs help i don't know i'm i don't know i don't either annie I'm, I'm, but I, I would love to help you figure but it you're out. also moving together. over to the other side of the ocean so you gotta that's sort true. it i don't know what we're yeah, gonna have over there i don't there. know what they have over I there yeah i don't know what's available they even have television in france i don't know netflix it's all Jerry Lewis movies. <laughs> They're still all they watch is Jerry Lewis movies. All right. Coming in at number two this week, Danny McBride opened up to Dax Shepard about how the church hurt his family this week. Oh. Uh, Danny's one of the stars of the Righteous Gemstones, the uh, off-color off HBO comedy that follows go. the lives of a wealthy, powerful family of televangelists um, as their griff gets out of control, kind of. Uh, well, Danny McBride went on Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast this week to talk a little about the show and the subject of his own experience and the church came up. So he says he was raised Christian, but harbors a lot of hurt feelings about the way the church treated his mother after her husband left her. Here's the clip. Is it safe for me to assume you're not a practitioner of any religion? Our like adventure with religion was like, you know, we went hardcore. I mean, like we were there all the time. My parents were so involved in it. And then my parents got divorced when I was in sixth grade, and my dad kind of ran out on us. And suddenly it was like, here's my mom who works in a department store at the mall. She's got two kids. We're living in an apartment, and you're you're thinking like, you know, maybe this church that we've donated all this time to will be supportive. And instead, they the people there like basically like turned their back on my mom. Shamed they, her. they shamed her for getting a divorce. And so, you know, I was little. I was I think I was in sixth grade when this happened. But I can remember like seeing my mom and like knowing how much the church meant to her. And now she just didn't even feel like she could enter the church. And so for a few months, she still would drop me and my sister off at church on Sundays to go. And we did it. And then after a few months, it was kind of like, what are we doing? Like, why are we going <laughs> yeah. to this place every Sunday? Like, it's yeah. not, you know, it's done. It's a interesting conversation. You should check it out. Um, uh, McBride also said he understands why some Christians feel upset about their portrayals in Hollywood. And he said he hopes his new show is different. He said, I think they make the mistake of like, they make a joke out of what people believe in. I feel that's kind of obnoxious. That would piss me off if I didn't understand where I, I came from or what I believe. Uh, I think with this show, we're not trying to say anything about what you believe and what you shouldn't believe in. We're not trying to comment on the Bible. We're commenting on these hypocrites who are basically fronting this operation and basing all their values on these more on these morals and these ideals, but then not adhering to any of them themselves. So episode two of Righteous Gemstones aired last week and I finally watched it and it's not as good as the first one. Just FYI. I've only watched the pilot so far. I think the pilot's great. Episode two. Yeah, enjoyed the right. pilot. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Oh, I liked episode two way more than the pilot. What? Yeah. Really? Oh, hot another take. hot take. Speaking last of like, do you, overall, do you like this? it over there from Chandler. Chandler, you grew up in, you know, with a familiarity with the world that it's lampooning. Yeah. Uh, what, I thought it was off. You, like, as I thought you guys were saying it was accurate. I thought there's like plenty of errors as far as the feeling. Really? Real. Yeah. Well, I honestly, watched it, I'm just listening. 
honestly, you grew up in a different era of it than I did. Yeah. It pulled a lot from 80s and 90s. Yeah. Uh, televangelism and prosperity stuff. Right. Which the I, only modern... I mean, I remember that from the 90s. The only modern stuff was the Joel Osteen Auditorium and the Stephen Furtick kind of references yeah, with yeah. the younger brother. Which I don't know that. I don't know that. The guy, old so. school kind of brother so-and-so type of thing. That was definitely more of an 80s kind right. of... Kenneth Hagen kind of, right. you know, thing, but yeah, anyway. it just felt like it was there tr- a little bit from all the different eras and it yeah. didn't feel true to any of them. No, I know. But that's what I liked about it oh, is okay. that it pulled accurately from all of them and okay. put it in this one big old jambalaya. See, I, that I wish it, they picked one and just stuck with it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I, I liked you. the second one. It was, it was ridiculous and I loved it. Yeah. I've only seen the pilot, so now I need to. I'll, yeah. I'll watch. I'll yeah. watch episode two, and I'll wait next week, and I'll see. Assuming, assuming we're all Bring here. Us. Assuming, yeah. We, we I mean, it back. might just be you. Huck, I mean, next week could just be you rambling on about episode two of the Righteous Gemstones for you know for longer than or the length of the actual you episode. Practicing, it could just be you practicing monologues, Jesse. That's right. I've seen the cage you put Pinkman in. <laughs> North, south, east, west. I don't know. He could be anywhere. But I'll tell you something, Johnny Law. The last thing I'll do is help you find Jesse. And scene. <laughs> do I got the part? Is the role mine? <laughs> All right, going in number one this week on the hot list. Lauren Daigle, our friend, ministered to women at a state prison in Ohio. And uh, the video is awesome. Earlier this summer, she visited the Ohio Reformatory for Women uh, for a special performance. But while she was at the state prison, she also encouraged the inmates, telling them how much God loved them and how much she had, how much he had planned for them. It's the fifth time Lauren's visited a prison to minister to inmates. Here's a clip from this visit. But the one thing that we can always do is look up. You can look up and see the sky. You can look up and see the kindness of God and his extravagant love for each one of you. And I know sometimes that can be hard to wrap your mind around, but let me tell you something. He doesn't see you by your faults or maybe the things that you've done or the things that have trapped you and ensnared you. But he sees you as children, as his own, beloved from the most high king. That's who you are. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, For the full clip and all that stuff, go check out relevantmagazine.com. Stay tuned up next. Bob Goff joins us. You could have told me when you met me, all of your love was gone. You could have told me when you left me, it wasn't all my fault. Yeah, last night on the phone, before you let me go, you could listening to your smith the song is you could have told me bob goff is a best-selling author podcast host now uh activist um former lawyer and the founder of the dream big framework uh, workshops whose mission is to equip people to achieve their dreams overcome obstacles and change the world i got the chance to talk to bob this week about the workshops uh his podcast and i lobbed him a bunch of your questions you don't want to miss a minute of this conversation. It's great. Here is Bob Goff. Uh, so, Bob, tell us about the the Dream Big stuff you're doing now. It, you're, you're doing these uh, gatherings. You're, you launched a podcast this year. W- tell me the heart behind it of wanting to help people kind of chase their dreams and find their calling. Yeah, part of the shift uh, for me has been 
trying to get people thinking about what's this ambition that they've had, whatever it was, uh, something that you've wanted to do for 10 years or 20 years or uh, 10 days, but something that's really worth your effort, but you've just never gotten to. So we've been doing for the last couple of years, these Dream Big Framework gatherings, and we've done them everywhere from Southern California to Southern Afghanistan. (laughs) And we get people together, leaders, people that are just trying to figure it out, whether they're working at home or working outside the home. It's been a really good time. And what we really do is just try to identify what's the ambition, uh, where's there an opportunity to go after that, how do you take action? And then I think most importantly uh, for people to not be surprised when there are a couple setbacks along the way, because I think that's what happens to people. We uh, run up against uh, uh, this big, beautiful ambition we have. We hit a setback. And then somehow people start saying, God, closed the door. <laughs> like, oh, heck no. Some guy named Billy just said no. And uh, that doesn't mean God closed the door. That's a, that means Billy said no. So uh, so those are the, some of the things that we do. And it's really been rewarding. I think I like getting together in a room with 40 or 50 people rather than uh, an arena these days a little bit more. How, how, you know, you're known as the guy, the people who've read your books, you're known as a successful businessman who uh, has this unexpected side of kind of intentional whimsy and loving people unconditionally and intentionally. Uh, It's an interesting now third lane now that you're helping people like tangibly chase their dreams. What, what motivated you to kind of make this a, a primary focus of your, you know, your message? Man, I've known you for a really long time, uh-huh. and I uh, think that there's a lot of people that know you at one level. There's the surface. There's Cameron that everybody's just kind of familiar with, and I think people know me as like Bob. He's the happy guy that does uh, things, but like you, there's other layers underneath that, and I think I want to uh, connect with people at those layers to say, let's go actually go do that thing. I don't want you to just leave all fired up. Like, let's, let's just make the call. I've got a phone. You've got a phone. Let's get somebody on the line and make this thing happen. Um, and so I think that's what's uh, changed for me uh, a little bit is that I just want to go a little bit deeper with fewer people and uh, really get after some of these things that uh, people want to achieve. And I think that is uh, just uh, creating all kinds of wind at my back or my own thing. You know, the lodge burned down. And you know what's great, Cameron? Hmm. We uh, just got a final inspection. We rebuilt it. It's done. The lawn is planted. Come on back up. <laughs> so that would be an example of a setback. I don't think like God was mad at me. I think some people screwed up. They made a mistake and it burned down. And so then what we get to do is get busy again. And I think that's what I want people to do. Just get busy. Find. Let's go build that rocket ship that was supposed to be your life. And and for you, this is almost like uh, this probably will be a major part of your legacy. I mean, like the things that will be birthed out of this, you know, intentionality that you have helping people chase their dreams, you know, kind of what's going to happen through them. I, I think that's an amazing kind of new season you know, for you. You know, the crazy part, we're uh, just finalizing it, but we're actually buying a, a camp uh, in Southern California, me and another friend, you know. And uh, we're just going to be doing this. It's on 150 acres. And we're just going to bring people and say, let's go dream some dreams, sort out some stuff that's hanging you up in your life, and let's go make some boots. And I think there's something about that that's beautiful. I think that resonates 
whatever our life experience is, wherever you're at on the in your faith adventure, um, to just pause, figure out who am I, where am I, and what do I want? And yeah. if we could answer each of these things, I think for your listeners, like who am I? Not who everybody else thinks you are, but who am I, am I? And then where am I? Like, not like, you know, I'm sitting here on uh, my back porch, but, but like, where am I in my life? And then what do I want? And I think that's the question that Jesus was always asking people, whether they were blind guys standing at the gates or not. Like, what do you want? <laughs> really, really want. So many of us like think about that, you know, you have that dream, like, well, one day, but you know, we don't do that intentionality of like, okay, where do you want to, what do you see in like five or 10 years? Where do you want to be? Well, then what are you doing today to get there? I mean, it isn't just going to magically happen. It's one foot in front of the other. You know, some people don't take that practical, you know, saying like, well, I can chip away at it, crawl, walk, run, you know, and, and be intentional. But that's something that you've done. And it's an amazing example and challenge the rest of us, you know. Well, the, the Dream Big Framework, everybody should go check, check it out. It's, uh, you can find it at dreambigframework.com. And you have a new podcast. You are a podcaster now. How, do you, <laughs> Who knew? Do you like it? Is it? Have you had fun doing the new podcast? I actually have. I was, I'm kind of old school. So I haven't, uh, that wasn't the way that I grew up, but I've been having so much fun just calling, you know, friends and saying, what are you learning? Cause I'm learning too. <laughs> so it's actually been a really, really fun thing. And so we've uh, asked some of the questions we've talked about just now and to say, well, so when it all, when the wheels came off, tell me about that. I don't want to find out when it was like awesome. But to say when the wheels started shaking a little bit, what were the who were the three friends that you could really count on, mm. even if you hadn't spoken to them in a while? What's something that somebody said that meant a lot to you? Like somebody that wasn't trying to fix you, but just trying to be with you. And uh, I've loved uh, those conversations, and I've actually learned a ton having them. I'll tell you. Uh, when I went through the hardest thing I've ever gone through five years ago, when I had, when I went through a divorce, one of the three people that impacted me the most in that season was you. Um, you, that was, that was the year that I met you and you did and said things that have permanently changed my life. And I'm, I'm very grateful for your friendship, man. Well, I'll receive that, but it's been, uh, uh, so beautiful for all of us. I think you've, and I've met a, quite a few times and we just, I think we hold up mirrors to one another and we say, let me just tell you, Cameron, what I see in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not blowing sunshine at each other, but just say, let me tell you about the man that I see in you and the man I see you becoming. And it isn't mis- mystical. It might be prophetic, but it doesn't feel that way. I think it's just actually saying, I see these attributes in you and the way that you give away love and encourage people. You could be doing a lot of things, but you're doing what you're doing right now. Uh, and I think the reason that you're doing it isn't just a day job. I think you know who you are, where you are. I think you know what you want. I think you want to encourage people. And so if we could uh, continue to do that, just instead of holding up all of our opinions about everybody, be just like so like uh, keen on reminding each other about these beautiful things that uh, we each bring. And it isn't just a bunch of fluff. It's actually what I think God made for us to do to be taking a genuine interest in one another um, out of Philippians. I think that's it. Okay. So shifting gears a little bit in the last couple minutes we have, uh, right before we got on, I tweeted out that I was 
going to be talking to you. And you are one of the favorite guests we've ever had on the Relevant Podcast. And I knew that our oh. our listeners would be excited. And I said, okay, if you had a chance to ask Bob anything, what would you ask him? And I have a couple of completely unrelated questions to ask you now from okay. our listeners. fire away. Okay, so Benjamin uh, wants to know, what are some of the practical ways you unplug and quiet the noise of life? Oh, that's a great question, Benjamin. Way to go. Um, I'm a, I'm a guy that writes things down just constantly, as you know, I've really like written down everything I think about everything. So I find a lot of, uh, uh, both peace and perspective in taking a thought, riffing on it a little bit, doing what Paul said, check it against scripture, but then send out a tweet, send out something. I don't put Bible verses on them, nor do I in my books, but I want to make sure what I'm saying is actually true. Um, and so one of the things that I find like really peace giving and perspective giving is to just say, what's a simpler way to say that? Lose all the like retread words that people have used. What's the simplest way I could uh, express uh, like and better understand a complicated idea? Hmm. So it sounds like a funny way. Some people fly kites or RC planes. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to say like, what's an easier way to say that? Hmm. Okay, Katie asks, uh, if your kids were teenagers today, what would your phone policies for them be? That's interesting. Oh, that's a great question. I think I wouldn't try to uh, manipulate their conduct. Um, I think I'd uh, ask them, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, so what, what's been really helpful to you? What hasn't been? So I would ask instead of laying down the rules as if I was coming down with a stone tablet under each arm. Um, I, what I would do is to say, hey, what's working for you in this? And what do you find to be distracting? So I think that's the way that I respond. If somebody tells me what I want or what I ought to do, I don't want to do it anymore. And I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. If that's just, uh, I don't think that's just me being rebellious. I just think people don't want to be told what to do. But if somebody takes a genuine interest in you and say, hey, what's working for you? What isn't working for you? That actually is the thing we used to have. They're called conversations with your teenagers and uh, those actually will shape you. Hmm. Wow. That's really good advice. Uh, there were several versions of this question. Um, but essentially a lot of people want to know, um, how do you avoid becoming cynical, especially in the divisive climate that we're in and, and the so much suffering in the world and, and all the stuff that's going on. How do you avoid becoming cynical? Yeah, great questions. Uh, and I think it's something that we're all like sorting out. Um, uh, the, uh, the short answer is this. I just make this assumption uh, unknowingly that uh, God is doing the same thing in everybody else's life that he happens to be doing in my life right now. And I'm just reminding myself constantly that that actually is not the case. And evidence of that is everything I'm reading and hearing. And so instead of reacting and just ricocheting off everybody, I've just uh, take so much confidence in knowing a couple of things. Number one, you don't have to swing at every pitch hmm. <laughs> just because somebody has this thing in mind. That's the most important thing for them. Well, that's terrific. It just isn't the most important thing for me. So I don't need to make <laughs> them feel small because it's, they have a different thing that's most important. Um, I just want to say that's different. I'm just, I'm thinking about these uh, girls in Mogadishu, Somalia, we're trying to help out. That's some, not a more honorable or noble thing. It's just a different thing. Um, the second thing is this idea of patience. And, uh, and we've talked about this before. I'm the guy that keeps throwing everything in the microwave 
and Jesus keeps putting it in the crock pot. And so uh, what I've uh, learned, next time you come up to Lodge, you're going to find a farm because I've built one. Hmm. And, uh, and it takes 20 days to make a radish, but it takes seven years to make a pear. Isn't that crazy? You know how long it takes to make an avocado? Hmm. 14 years. What? <laughs> so I keep thinking, like when somebody is like way out there at a different place, I just need to be patient and know that God's not growing radishes. I mean, he's got, like, he's making guacamole in their life. And I need to just chill out knowing that he's up to something different in their life. So I don't need to ricochet off of it at the time. And that's been super helpful when people have been kind of uh, animated about whatever is the biggest thing to them. It just isn't the biggest thing to me right now, but it sounds like an important thing. That's terrific. <laughs> and I can see God making guacamole out of it. Wow. All right. And last question. Ann Lee asks, um, what would Bob tell his 20-year-old self knowing what he knows now? So what would you say to 20-year-old Bob knowing what you know now? Oh, yeah. I would say two things. Number one, I would say, buddy, it's going to work. <laughs> it may not work out the way you were thinking it's going to work, but it'll actually work. Like, so do that. And I would tell that 20 year old, get your hot air balloon license earlier. Like, don't <laughs> wait till you're 60. Uh, start learning how to fly it right now. And I would say the same thing to you, Cameron. Wow. Literally, have you started training on a hot air balloon yet? Uh, no, I have you not. haven't put that on your list. <laughs> All right. I'm like four lessons away. So what I want to do is I would encourage that 20-year-old to engage his passions. Don't be afraid. Like fear's a punk. And I would just say, punch that thing in the nose, get back at it, and, uh, and don't be like uh, taken off the scent so easily. But I would also encourage that guy like to do some really fun, winsome things, meaningful, purposeful things, but fun and winsome things as well. Wow. Well, thanks for your time, Bob. It's been so fun catching up. Everybody, go check out uh, the Dream Big Framework at dreambigframework.com and you can find out everything else that Bob's up to at bobgoff.com. Bob, thank well, you so much. Thanks a million, Cameron. Awesome. It was fun. That was Bob Goff. Stay tuned up next. Oh boy. It's Ask the Cast. Our time at university is almost always a pivoting point, for better or worse. Some people go into college seemingly strong in their faith and walk away burnt out and disillusioned, while others come in with spiritual doubts and apathy towards Christ and walk away as passionate Christian leaders. So what makes the difference? In his new book, Walking with Jesus on Campus, Chaplain Stephen Kello explores 10 make-or-break issues like doubt and depression, sexuality and singleness, the Sabbath, and perfectionism. So whether you're headed off to college, ministering to college students, or the parent of a college-aged kid, order yourself a copy of Walking with Jesus on Campus at your favorite book retailer to help you better understand how to tackle what lies ahead. You're listening to Pine Grove. The song is Moment. Okay, it's time for... Oh, that's soothing. I like it. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Kendra's it's a great way to fallish. go out if Kendra's this is our last again. one. Yeah, that sounds autumnal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of like Bony Bear and more love, more power. It's very strange. I like the influences. Um, so it's time for Ask the Cast. Uh, you guys hit us up on Twitter 
every week uh, at Relevant Podcast, and you ask questions of the crew here, and I will go through them and lob a few of them today. All right. William asked, or he says, I make maps for a living. But <laughs> That's his whole job. Yeah, I don't think you have to laugh at his job. Who does uh, that? I, Who gets to do that anymore? Is he, does he mean he drives a Google car around and I gets haven't gotten, Google Maps? I haven't. Maybe he works for Google. Uh, I make maps for a living, but am terrible giving directions. Any advice? I do have a question about the maps he's making. I mean, I do too. I have more questions for him than he has for us. Because I didn't know, I didn't know they, I didn't know maps were things that were made anymore. I'm picturing like most of the world. I think I'm picturing like a, a, like a nautical map with like two big scrolls that you like undo. And that's where you find a dragon in the ocean sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to like avert the sea monster and make it to the island and then find the buried treasure. I'm, I'm curious about the map. Yeah. Does he do maybe? Maybe he does like yeah. artistic oh, renderings like, yeah, of okay. places. Yeah. Like that's the kind of map he does, maps. and that's why he doesn't know how to do directions. All right, listen. Here, here, here's the re- for real though. I can relate to William Struggle because I too am terrible. I'm terrible at giving directions. I'm terrible at knowing where I have a horrible sense of direction. It's just not one of my my giftings. I'm sorry. I know that's surprising for a lot of people, but. When like, you know, the worst is when you're using like the navigation and you're not in a car and you're like walking in a city and the dot is moving too slow, like on your phone to see which way you're going. I I end up just running around trying to get the dot to move faster to figure out which way I'm even supposed to be going. It's very it's very frustrating. That's why, William, I'll tell you uh, the secret is high ground. Find high ground. Climb fire escapes. (laughs) Jump in the air, climb trees. It's the only way you can actually tell where you're supposed to be going. Like you have to, you just have to get up high, look around. Now it's gonna, it's gonna involve trespassing. And William, I, I, you just have to be comfortable with that because most of it is going into buildings where you don't belong and just getting a high vantage point (laughs) and then trying to figure out how to get there. That's a whole nother thing. All right. Scott Corin asked, uh, his Twitter name is at Scott Corin, K O R I N. He said, why do y'all bully Annie all the time? Oh, oh Scott. Who, who's y'all? I don't y'all? think I get bullied. Annie, Thank you for saying that, bully? Annie. I wanted Annie to answer this question because that, that is not the vibe here, is it? No, I don't think. And here's what people don't know. I do appreciate when people feel like that part of the time is I sit back because I don't get in the middle of y'all's stupid stuff. So that's part one. Sometimes I'm not being bullied. I'm just being quiet. Um, also, whenever there is a moment, this is a serious answer. Whenever there is a moment that something feels unfairly handled between any of us, we all just talk about it. And that usually doesn't go in the show. So what goes in the show is what we're all great with going in the show. And we all genuinely love each other and know about each other's real lives and care for each other's real lives and our podcast lives. And I am a strong woman who does not get bullied by three men on a podcast. And so four men, sorry, is a very strong word. If anything, yeah. uh, Annie has bullied me several times. We've got yeah. it. I'm trying. She has blown me to tears. Really she, she says, it is something, I do think it's something to listen to. It, it's something when we get those comments, I always go back and listen to those shows and think, what did I do as the person who they feel like is being being bullied, what 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 conversation led them to feel that way? Because we don't want anyone to feel like men or Ever. women are not treated well on this show. Ever. Ever. Yeah. If anything, there's a brother-sister teasing dynamic. 100%. But that's well, not... 
The other word is a very. <laughs> Did you say hard no, Jesse? <laughs> I said, well, Annie can get hurtful. One time she was like, you're "That's why you have to stop the show." Is when you're I a get mediocre crass. podcaster, but you are a terrible, terrible actor. Annie, you didn't have to. You didn't have to say terrible. You didn't have to add two terribles. I'm so work- workshopping the monologue. It's a difficult <laughs> accent. <laughs> Skinny Pete has been through a lot, Annie, and I'm sorry when I get into character. My emotions get hot too. His friends on the land. It's sweet that people care. I really love that. It means a lot to me. I I think there is, like, I don't want to be blind or naive about the fact that anytime there are more men than there are women in a room, the, the masculine energy can kind of turn into a runaway freight train. I've been, been part of those conversations and, and seen that happen. But I do want to, to say that I've, that we, we do like deal with that stuff off the pod. And Annie, you've been very like forthright and honest about how you're feeling in a way that I think is like super admirable and, and really inspiring. And, and I've learned a lot just by watching your example, uh, both here on the podcast and in real and IRL. Uh, so I, I think that I hope that. You know, we never want to be like we're not. It's not like we're not accountable to what people hear or perceive. Like that's a real right. thing. But I also think it's just super cool how well you have handled uh, these dynamics, and, and I really appreciate that. And I hope that I'm not the only one. I hope other people see that too. Yeah. So wh- thanks for mansplaining that to us, Huckabees. Just joking. What a tender, what a tender oh moment, and then Jesse had to ruin it. All right. <laughs> I ruin Tinder moments. That's my thing. That's my love language. Is Robbie S. Bully. His, his Twitter name is Official Robbie. That's really funny. But he's not He's not official anything. It's just Official he, Robbie. Well, he is officially Robbie. He's the yes, Robbie. Robbie S. Annie. Robbie S. Says, the president of the company I work at just asked me, are you getting after it? And I responded, you know it, because I was too ashamed to ask what it is. What is it? And how do I get after it? That's his question. If you have to ask what it is and how you're getting after it, I got a bad news for you, Robbie. You never had it and you never will. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I feel like that's cold, but uh, I mean, the last episode, this is, this is, this is, this is painful, but yeah, it's, it's out of reach for you. I'm afraid. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the opposite track here a little bit. I admire, Robbie's Robbie's he he just said he just said yes. And that takes a lot yeah. of gumption. Yeah. That really takes a, a kind of a, a brassiness that I admire. I wish there was more of out there. Just the assumption that I probably am and if I'm not it definitely behooves my, me, my boss, to think that I am. And so I commend you. I, I don't have the answer for you, Robbie, but I think the fact that you're willing to lie about it, bold faced to your boss's face, shows that you've got a high ceiling at the company. Okay, you're but at also, right if now. someone looks at you and says, getting after it, or you got it, you're going to say yes because you're like, I mean, you think I am. I'm not going to say no. So, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. So the I yes kind of respect Robbie just being a yes man yeah. oh, in this yeah, situation. Yeah. He's official. He's got to yeah. be getting after it. He's official Robbie. You're fine, Robbie. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Robbie. You're getting after it. Okay, a couple more. Uh, Braxton Nutt. Braxton Nutt says, uh, since Cameron had the first connection with Jesse, my question is, when Cameron met Jesse, did he lead off a rant about Big Floss and Cheesecake, or did he wait to reveal his genius? Oh. <laughs> mm. I've been t- slowly unveiling the genius every single day, Braxton. We uh, knew when we met Jesse that he was special. Yeah. 
when you we bailed just me out of know. jail that fateful evening. We just I did have to ba- <laughs> I did have to bail an employee out of jail around that era, but it I wasn't remember, you. I remember. Yeah. I was roommates <laughs> with him at the time. <laughs> but um, but uh, I would say we didn't know the full spectrum of <laughs> of the Jesse that we now know for a year or two. I think it was when Adam Smith was around that it kind of started to fully emerge. Yeah, he brought yeah. something out of you, huh, Jesse? Yeah. Adam Smith? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I We were kindred spirits in, in the same sense of humor. And yeah, I, I think that was like a permission to be super weird in this job. So thank you, yeah. Adam. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, when I, I used to listen to the show, to I would think, man, Adam and Jesse are the same weird back when, you know, a decade ago when you are both on the show. I loved it. All yeah. right, I'm going to ask one more because I'm going to give Chandler options to cut the duds. Okay, so here's here's one last question. Listen, he may not have heard all the wisdom. No, wow. we just oh, interesting. Five. He's a type five. He's a stickler. He's a stickler, sure. Chandler, yeah. with his editing. So <laughs> so uh, here's one more option. Abby Banfield said, tell us your scar story. Where's the scar and how'd you get it? Everybody has a scar story. Uh huh. Mm. Mine is above my right eyebrow. I was in kindergarten and there was like a legitimate um, arrowhead shaped rock. Yeah. And I was being chased and I fell and it went right into my head. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe it was a real, much what if it was a real arrow? That's been, that'd you know, cooler. That, yeah, it's that right above I- my eyebrow right there. And we had to go straight to the emergency room and my mom passed out. Oh, wow. Because I was bleeding so much. Thanks a lot, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I have totally one. Helpful. I have one that's not very exciting. That is uh, uh, right here on my face. It's very tiny because they didn't put stitches in it. Because a little kid, I was wrestling like Hulkamania style. It was it was back when Hulk Hogan was yeah. a very cool wrestler, and I did a move and slammed my head on a coffee table, and so that's always bad. And I got some on my elbow from biffing it pretty hard on a skateboard many times uh, uh, and falling on the same arm. But neither of those are that exciting. I wish I had something cool like an arrow. Head, you know, it'd be cooler if you got shot <laughs> with an arrow, but it was like an old timey arrow, like one that you know w- had been fashioned hundreds of years ago. That's pretty cool. And not but, like Katniss Everdeen in Hunger Games, yeah, but more like old timey, like a, like, uh, like pilgrim, like pilgrims. Honestly, like honestly, Americans. if anyone, if anyone, I don't. It doesn't really matter the age of the arrow. Someone's like, yeah, check out this cool scar on my forearm. I got shot with an arrow. It's like okay. If you're in a situation where you can get shot with an arrow, it's one of two things. You're you're at the wrong part of the archery range. Like you go in the back door yeah. of the archery range or you are in like the most dangerous game situation. You are being hunted by psychotic billionaires who are using bow and arrows. Either one is a fantastic story to tell later. <laughs> Andy, this is interesting because I also have my scars above my right eyebrow. <gasps> And, uh, and uh, a different situation. This was in college. This was much later. And I was sitting in my dorm room and I heard next to the dorm next door to me, somebody shouted, there's a new strong bad email. And I was so excited that I jumped out <laughs> no. of my chair. I ran, around, I ran, I r- tried to spin around into his room, got my finger 
cotton the door fell and my bammed banged my my head right into the door. Uh, I was too excited, too excited about the oh. new Homestar Runner content and had to go to the emergency room. That oh, might man. be the nerdiest scar story. Oh, it's ever terrible. I love it. Yes, no, I love it. That's no, one. A, that's one. Are way better. That's one where you tell people you get shot with an arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You switch that up pretty quick. No, so anyway, these this. billionaires tied me up and dropped dropped me on this secluded island, and they hunted me for days. And uh, anyway, I only got shot in the face with an arrow, made it out alive. So, what's your scar story? <laughs> I have one on my finger. It's a V. It's a V right there on my pointer finger. And it was from, uh, I, I was whittling uh, fi- uh, I had bamboo in the forest. I was thick in the forest. I've got to cut down a piece of bamboo with a machete. And I was uh, cutting off the shoots to turn into like a stick or a fishing pole or a switch or something. And the, and the thing gave way and the machete went straight into my finger. And went like, oh my gosh. Into the Ugh. bone. And I was going to get, I would get in trouble for playing with the machete. So I never told anybody. So I have a scar <gasps> and I have dots on the back of my head. So when I get my haircut, little holes reveal themselves where I stab myself in the head with really, really sharp pencils and had to go to the hospital for those. So oh, man. fourth grade. Scary all right. Moment. Well, uh, thanks for everybody who sent in questions. Sorry for all the ones that Chandler edited out. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every question y'all sent in, we answered. Chandler decided which <laughs> ones you get to hear. Yeah. All right. Um, well, many thanks to Bob Goff for joining us. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Bob Goff and on Instagram. Uh, and make sure to check out his new podcast. It's called Dream Big and it's out now. And, and your girl Annie F was on it last oh, week, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was fun. That was yeah. very fun. So you can I go like listen to a ep- friend and a friend. Yeah, I haven't heard that go. episode yet because I was like, I hear a lot of Annie. Yeah, things. for real. That's the truth. <laughs> listen, that is all right. In the likely scenario, we don't have a podcast next week. Yeah. And and my monologue has been taken offline right. uh, because <laughs> so many people in Hollywood are interested in owning it exclusively. Uh-huh, then uh-huh. download the episode of Dream Big with Bob Goff and Annie F. Downs. They'll hold you over. <laughs> you know what is funny about that, Cameron, about how much you hear? I did say to someone the other day, I was like, I legitimately talk to Cameron and Jesse and Tyler and Eddie more than I talk to my parents because we talk for four hours a week. I don't talk to anybody as much as I talk to y'all. Maybe like your assistant. That's it. That's yeah, literally it's literally it. maybe somebody yeah. from work and that's it. Other than and, that, and the assistant is mostly shouting about how she could, how she got the coffee wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really a. Let me converse. ask you something. Does that mist that I sprayed in your face taste like light pumpkin spice to you or regular pumpkin spice? <laughs> Take it back. Yeah, it's not really a conversation with the assistant. It's more of a yeah, monologue. It's shouting. It's yeah. shouting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, hey, make sure to. Check out the new episode of Unedited. It's out now. Our friend Propaganda joined me this week uh, for a really, really good conversation. Go check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, uh, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave it a review and give it a rating and it helps more people discover it. Oh, and uh, Relevant Daily, Intersection of Faith and Culture, 10 minutes a day. It's out now. It's growing. It's a lot of fun. Tyler doing a great job with Relevant Daily. Everybody go check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Relevant Daily. Okay. podcast we do. Shut up. Everybody. <laughs> the critics agree. <laughs> that one review said that and it's yeah, yeah, gone yeah. to your head and it was written by your mom. Mm-hmm. And Thanks, mom. <laughs> per my request, I dictated the whole thing. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up. If I never see y'all again, oh, it was no, nice. Man. It was fun. This is horrible. 
pray for your gallows humor is the worst. We're just gonna be hanging out watching Netflix. It's not that big of a deal. And if power goes out, we'll play board games. It's all right. We're gonna we'll be see fine you all next Friday if we don't see you Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> looking right. forward yeah. to it. Yeah. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. Tyler Huckabee. I'm Annie F. Downs. We, hopefully, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> I Thank you for listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe And scene. Okay, did I get the part? Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.